0: You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we are going to talk about rotation efficiency. It's a topic that I've been talking about on uh, social media a lot lately, and there's been a lot of questions and a lot of opinions on how to manage your rotation in terms of who goes where and how to backup to pass and, and all of these things. So I'm going to talk about certain strategies you can use to maximize your rotation to make sure that you put your team in the best position to run a successful offense. So this is an episode you don't want to miss. Stay tuned. The Volleyball by Design Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 99 of the Volleyball by Design Podcast. How is everyone doing out there today? Another week of volleyball. Uh, For my new listeners, welcome to the podcast. My name is Coach Brian Singh, and I'm the host of the podcast. And for my regular listeners, as always, you know how much I appreciate you. Thank you so much for tuning in again to the 99th episode of the Volleyball by Design podcast. That is a pretty remarkable thing to say. I mean, 99 episodes in, which means next week will be the 100th episode. So that is something that I'm extremely... I am extremely, I it's been a long road. It's been about two years to get to this road, and I'm glad that the show is continuing to grow. We've had a lot of fantastic people that were guests on this podcast from professional coaches to college coaches to professional players to club directors and um, other colleagues of mine. And, I, and I'm going to continue trying to bring more guests on to share their knowledge with you all and to give you value. At the end of the day, like I, I've always said, the goal of each episode is to provide value so you can take it back to your gym and apply it right away. Um, and I like that you know, and when I do bring guests on and when I do have these episodes, I try to make sure there's tangible things that you can take away with you. And I and I think I've been I've been pretty much delivering on that, I think, from, from my end. So uh, so yeah, so thank you guys so much for you know continuing to tune in. And, and if you are a new listener, you got about 98 episodes to get caught up on. So uh super, super excited about where the show is going and, and kind of you know what we've been able to accomplish so far. And uh, I just, I actually, as I'm recording this, I just came back from another weekend. Uh, you might have heard a couple of weeks ago I talked about our the provincial championships here in the province of Ontario. Uh, it's held under one roof where all the top teams Well, not top teams, but all the teams in the province in certain age groups compete for, uh, you know, to see who the best team in the province is. So that was exciting. I was there in in the capacity of a college coach, you know, recruiting, talking to players and coaches and parents and all that fun stuff that is part of my job. So, uh, yeah, I was there and had some great, saw some great talent. Uh, you know it's good to see it's good to see volleyball again under one roof since you know the pandemic it's been a while since we got a chance to see that got a chance to connect with a lot of great coaches and and great people so yeah it was a good experience and for those of you that listen to the podcast that came up to me and said hello I I appreciate that thank you for giving me the feedback and and thanks for saying hi and and, you know and I and you're you're a listener so I, I always like to get a chance to connect with my listeners regardless of where you are around the world so so that was great and the last thing I'll mention, which I'm sure many of you are have already heard, you know, if you're listening to this, uh, the first week of May 2022, you know that I'm we're, we're having my my, my coaches workshop, my free coaches workshop on efficiency. Ironically enough, today's episode is about rotation efficiency, uh, but I'm having a great workshop. Um, so if you have, if you are listening to this uh, on Monday, May second or Tuesday, May third, you still have a shot to sign up for the workshop. There's still spots left. So. If it's after May 3rd, 2022, then I apologize. You just have to wait for the next one. But if you're listening to this on the Monday or Tuesday, May 2nd and 3rd, we still have spots left, so head on over to volleyballworkshop.com and get registered for my free workshops at 8 o'clock Eastern time. Where we're going to dive in and talking about everything, efficiency, how to become a more efficient coach, develop your players more efficiently, have more efficient practices. It's something that I t- I'll tell you. It's it's, tra- it's transformed the way that I coach and our ability to you know deliver a, a great program to our athletes. So anyways, uh, T- take a look right, register can't wait to see you on the training we have a lot of people registered it's going to be it's actually this workshop is actually the most registrations I've had in the last 2 years of doing this so really really excited about it so yeah so let's get into today's episode uh, today's episode actually it was I battled with doing it today because you know talking about rotation it's very tough to talk about rotation via audio you know normally when you when you talk about rotation it's a visual thing you got to see you know, what I'm talking about. So I'm going to do my best to describe certain things here. But I wanted to still talk about it because, I mean, if you're not following me on social media or or, or you don't like, or you're not know, knowing what's going on, uh, it's just, it's something I want you to be aware of. So when you go back to your gym, you can see how to structure rotations and, and things like that. So we're going to talk about um, rotation efficiency and how to maximize your rotation. Uh, but I do want to preface this episode by saying that episode 34 Okay, so episode 34, I also talked about rotation um in a little bit of a different capacity. I talked about how to organize your players. I talked about the rules of rotation and hitting lanes and determining the passers, like three passers versus four passers, as well as talking about the different types of rotation, such as five one, six two, four-two, all that stuff. So on episode thirty-four, that'd be a great episode to listen to just to get some you know, some feedback and in terms of how I uh, how to structure all that stuff, but today's episode is strictly about the efficiency. So, when I talk about efficiency, basically what I'm saying is, uh, I want you to think about your rotation, and the way that I define efficiency is how well are your players set up so they have the easiest path to run their hitting lane. Okay, so let me repeat that. So, when I refer to efficiency when it comes to rotation. I'm talking about specifically how well your players are organized and set up in your serve-receive so that they have the easiest path to run their hitting lane because that's what we want to do when, we, when we're talking about rotation we want to figure out well we know our our players have to back up and they have to get ready to pass the ball on office serve but after they pass the ball we also want them to have a very easy route to run their hitting lane to be able to be available to run a great offense to be an attacker so that is the that is the key for efficiency now the first thing that i'll mention is how do you set your order what's your order let's talk about order so order is you know How are you setting up your players on the court? What is the order? So, let's say that, for example, your setter is in position two. So, your setter is in position two. Now, the way that the language that I use is when the setter is in position two, I call that rotation two. When the setter is in position one, I call that rotation one. That's how, at least in our gym, we differentiate what rotations mean. Uh, I don't know if they do things different internationally, but regardless, like the way that I'm going to explain it, just just so you you know uh, and you're on the same page. So, When the setter is in position two, to the left of the setter in position three is gonna be your left side, and to the left of your left side in position four is gonna be your middle. So the way that it looks like is from left to right, so left front is your middle, okay? uh, In the middle, front court is your left side, and then your right front, or your player in position two is the setter. That's how we do it. And then back court, in the same way, you'll have your opposite in position five, you'll have your left side in position six, and you'll have your libero in position one, okay? So from left to right, you have your opposite, you have your left side, and you have your libero slash middle, depending on rotation. So that's how we do it. Now you might ask, well, why why do you do that? Why don't you have the, the left side starting in position four? Why don't you have the left side starting in the left front of the court? And the reason for that is if you go through and actually work out all six rotations, you actually you map out all six rotations, what you'll find is there, is there is at least two or at least one, there's one or two rotations where you'll have a situation where all your hitters are not in the best positions to attack, meaning they have a very difficult route to run or your setter is going to be in a weird rotation where they're not going to have the optimal place to set. So that's what you got to think of, all right? Now, the second part of efficiency is, so we talked about the first one, having the easiest paths for your attackers to run their hitting lane. But the second part of that is also having the easiest path for your setter to set the ball. Remember, your setter has to set the ball. So what's the easiest path for them to get to their position to set the ball? And we want to make sure it is not difficult, especially in the rotations when the setter's pushed over closer to position four and five. That's a pretty long route to run to get to their two and a half zone to set the ball. So how do we, how do we figure that out? So let's talk about a couple of things. Now there's two rotations uh, specifically. Uh, we'll probably talk about three. But there's two rotations specifically that I want to talk about. When it comes to setter efficiency, and the first one, and by the way, I have made videos on my Instagram uh, showing this. So if you follow me on Instagram, uh, you should want to check it out. Or if you haven't followed me, my Instagram is Brian Singh underscore Coach Beats. Brian Singh underscore Coach B. I'll make sure I, I put it in the show notes of the episode, so you can just click on that. You'll see the videos. The videos will, would be t- will be titled "Rotation Efficiency" and whatever rotation it is. So you'll, you'll you'll get a chance to see that. So rotation efficiency. Let's start. Let's start with the, uh, the setter in six. So when the setter is in position six, all right? Again, now let's, let's try to, if you're, if you're driving, don't close your eyes, okay? But if you're not driving, you can close your eyes and visualize this. Or if you're somewhere, you can write it down. So when the setter is in position six, who is the player that's in front of them? Who do you, who do you think? It's your opposite. Your opposite is in front of your setter because your setter is in position six. And normally, remember, the setter is in position six, they're backcourt, so we don't want them to pass the ball. So we have to get them out of the way. We want, to, we want to put them somewhere where it's easy for them to get to their zone to set the ball. So normally what we do is we push the player all the way up to the front of the court. So the setter in position six is going to move up all the way to the front. And in front of them is going to be their opposite, right? The player in position three, they're right in front of them. So what we want to do with this key rotation here, okay, is we want to make sure that the opposite hitter has enough room to run their attack. Because right now, if you think about it, the opposite is in position three. And they're pushed up against the net because the setter has to push the person up against the net because the setter wants to be close to set the ball. But that's a really difficult route for the player in position three to go. The player in position three has to run all the way to the right side of the court, turn around and then get ready to approach and swing on the right side. There's a lot of movement. There's a lot of directional change and different changes of speed. It's just not efficient. Now, the key here is if you understand the rules of rotation, you know that the player in position three, they have to make sure that they're in front of the setter, right, the opposite has to be in front of the setter and to the left of the middle. So what you can do is you can have your opposite hitter, your right side hitter, move all the way over to the right side of the court and just make sure they're to the left of your middle. So they no longer have to be right pushed up against the net in front of the setter. Now they still have to be in front of the setter, but that doesn't mean they have to be directly in front of the setter. They just have to be in front of the setter. Like imagine an imaginary line from end to end. They just have to be right in front of the setter in front of that imaginary line. So if they move to the right side of the court and they stay right beside the middle, so they don't overlap the middle, they can't be to the right of the middle, they have to be to the left of that middle in position two, they now have a much easier route to run the right side ball. Because they're pushed pretty much over to the right side so they 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 minimize that route now now they don't have to run from the middle to the right side and then get outside turn and then approach they're already there so they just have to back up and get ready to run their approach and swing and then your middle now who's kind of pushed over a little bit as soon as contact is made they can go to the middle of the floor and still run their hitting lane so you see how efficient that is versus an Coaches, you may be able to attest to this. I don't know if you've ever done this in before, but I've seen this happen all the time, where the setter will push up the person right in front of them, right? Because they remember the setter's in six. So they push up the player right in front of them, all the way to the net, and the player stays to the net. They don't move anywhere. But you can still move along the net as long as you're in front of the setter. That doesn't mean you have to be directly in front of the setter. You can move any way you want along the net as long as you're to the left of the middle and in front of the setter, okay? So that's that's the first rotation that I think can be that can be more efficient. So coaches, in that in that particular rotation, when you go back to your team now, I want you to make sure that you have your right-side hitter moving as close to the right side as possible without overlapping with the left side. Or sorry, not the left side, with the middle. Okay? So they have to be to the left of the middle. And that's it. And you're good to go. All right. Let's talk about rotation number five. Now, again, I understand it, it is a little bit difficult because I'm describing it and you can't see any visuals, but I'm hoping that you can go back and you can go, like, again, on Instagram, I will have a video of this on Instagram, so you can go check that out, as well as if you understand a little bit about rotation, you can kind of see what I'm talking about where, you know, in this position where setters in 6 they're pushing up the front court player. That front court player doesn't have to stay at the net. They can move along the net to the right side, all right? Okay, I've been, I've been on that one for a long time. I apologize. Let's move on. All right, let's talk about rotation five. So here's another one that I see a lot. So I, a lot of times your setter is in position five, right? And what I see is the person that is in front of the setter is who? Who's the person in front of the setter? Anyone have an idea? The person in front of the setter is normally the middle. And with that being said, you don't have to worry about the middle because the middle is gonna approach regularly, okay? So what I see a lot of times, I see this happen a lot of times, is the setter will push up the player in position four, which is your middle, and when they push up the player in position four, they stay there. The setter will just push them up and stay there because the player in position three will drop back to pass. The player in position three is normally your left side, okay? So this might get a little complicated, so I, I, wanna, I'm trying to, I wanna be as concise as I can here. So when the setter is in position five, okay, so everyone understand that? The setter is in position five. That's a really tough route to run, you know, because they have to go all the way from five to two and a half and set the ball. That's pretty much all the way across the court. So they cannot be in the passing lane, so we know we need to push them up, okay? So we all agree that we had to push them up. So we push them up all the way to the net, and the person in front of the setter is the player in position four, and that's normally the middle, now, here's where I see the coaches stop. They push the set, the setter gets pushed up to the net, and that's it. The, the setter just stays there. And the player in position three is the left side, and the left side drops back to pass. Now, remember, the player in position three and the player in position five have no relationship to each other zero relationship to each other. So they can overlap, and that's no problem. So if they overlap, we are good to go. So the player in position three can drop back to five and not have to worry about overlapping with the player in position five. They're good to go. They just have to make sure they're in front of the player in position six and they're to the right of the player in position four. Okay. So with that being said, the setter now, the setter can actually move over to the right as far over to make sure that they, they have the shortest route to get to two and a half to set the ball. So they don't have to push up the player in position four and stay behind them. As long as they're like behind them, not directly behind them, I mean, as long as they're behind them, they can kind of move along the attack line. And they can move closer to where they have to go set. All they have to do is make sure they're to the left of the player in position six. That's all they have to do. They just have to make sure that they're to the left of the player in position six, okay? So let me just recap this, because I know some of you coaches out there might be like, listen, this is too much. I don't know what you're talking about. You're talking about position three and four and overlap and this and that. I understand, but let's make it simple, all right? Work with me here. We have a setter in position five. The setter in position five cannot pass, right? So they have to get out of the passing lane. So they move up. And they move up and they're now behind the middle in position four. Okay, they're behind the middle in position four. But if they're just directly behind the middle in position four, that's a pretty long route. So we want them to move over as far to the right as possible. Do you agree? We want to move them over so that they can be in the right position to set the ball. Or at least closer to that position to set the ball. So we got to go all the way up to the front court behind the middle, and we're also going to move as far right as possible as long as we don't overlap the player in position six. As long as we don't go over the player in position six, we have to stay to the left of the player in position six. But that's still a pretty good distance. You, the center can move over almost, almost to half the court, and they'll be there, and they'll be able to get a closer distance to their setting location. So that is another one that you can use. So coaches, if you have been running your rotation where the setter stays just behind the player in position four, your middle, you could actually have them move over. And as far over as possible, as long as they're not to the right of the player in position six, or even on top of them, they have to stay to the left of the player in position six, which is normally your left side. All right, perfect. So now that we have those two rotations kind of organized... I want to talk about one more, and this is a tough one, especially to describe over uh, over a podcast, but that's okay. We're going to take it simple, and that is when the setter is in position four. When the setter is in position four, they're front court, so we don't have to worry about pushing anybody up anymore, so that's easy, but look how far they are away from their setting position. Their setting position is in between position two and three. We call that two and a half. By the way, every time I say two and a half, if you're confused, I apologize, two and a half basically means the mid, like in between position two and three. The halfway point in between position two and three, that's normally where the setter is going to set the ball from, okay? That's what I call two and a half. So when the setter is in position four, they're a pretty far distance away from there. And what I've seen a lot of coaches do is I've seen a lot of coaches have, so you have the setter in position four, followed by your middle in position three, followed by your left side in position two. So if I'm reading this from left to right, you'd have in the left, center, middle, middle, right, you'd have your left side. So I see a lot of coaches have their left side drop back to pass over in the right side area. And if you do that, you don't have a front court left side attack because the center is in position four. The center is where your left side is supposed to be. So you don't have a front court left side attack. You have a front court middle attack. You have a right side front court attack, but you have no front court left side attack. And that's a problem. You always have to have a front court left side attack, okay? Anytime we are setting up rotations, coaches, if you do not have a front court left side attack, you are doing something inefficient in, in your rotation. You always want to make sure you have a front court left side attack, okay? So how do we solve this problem? Well, this is known as stacking, okay? This is called stacking. So what we do is now, again, it's a little bit difficult, so I'm going to try to do my best to explain this. We have the setter in position four, okay? The middle, who is in position three, is going to come all the way over and stand right beside the setter, okay? So the setter, the middle comes all the way over, stands right beside the setter, but they have to be to the right of the setter, okay? Now, the left side, who is in position two, guess what they're going to do? They're going to come all the way over to the left side of the court, and they're going to be to the right of the middle, And then they're going to drop back to pass because the player in position three, or sorry, the player in position two, what is their responsibility? They have to be in front of the player in position one, and they have to be to the right of the player in position three. So as long as they stay to the right of the middle and in front of the player in position one, which by the way, is an opposite who's not passing, they're okay. So we call this stacking. So to imagine a volleyball court Your center is going to be all the way to the left. Your middle is going to come all the way over to the right of the center. And your left side is going to come all the way over to the left side of the court and be to the right of your middle. And then they're going to drop back to pass because they only have to be in front of your opposite who's in position one. And they don't even pass. So the opposite's normally hiding. And that's how you ensure that your left side now is going to pass and they have a very easy route to swing on the left side. They have a very easy route because they're not, they're, not, they're not running from all the way in position two anymore. They don't have to swing that right side ball. That right side ball is still getting swung by a C ball. You still got a backcourt C ball, which is fantastic. But we always want to make sure that all of our hitting lanes are being jammed efficiently. So we talked about when the setter is in position six, when the setter is in position five, as well as when the setter is in position four. So those are the, the three rotations that I find coaches struggle with. Is how to make those three rotations efficient. The other ones are very simple because the setter is relatively close to uh, two and a half, and the hitters are always are already in good positions to attack from. So those ones are normally okay. The other ones, these are the three that I find to be the most difficult. And once you can get these, once you understand the like the once you understand the rules behind rotation, understand how you can manipulate your players so they can not only be in the best position to set, but in the best position to approach and run their hitting lanes. You're golden. And just to just to uh, reiterate, well, not right now, reiterate, really, but as a friendly reminder, do you remember how many hitting lanes there are in our game? If you said four, you're right. There are four hitting lanes in our game. There's the left, the front court left side hitting lane. There's the middle hitting lane. There's the right side hitting lane, and then there's the pipe lane. So there are four attackers, four hitters. Your other hitter, your other atta- your other player is a setter, and your other player is a libero who doesn't attack. So you have four hitters, four hitting lanes. And you want to make sure that all four hitting lanes are being jammed efficiently. And these three rotations we talked about will help you to do that. All right. Two other things that I want to mention when it comes to rotation efficiency. And this is something that I guess this is not more rotation efficiency, more so, I guess, strategic rotation, if you think about it. And let me just explain what I'm talking about. So, uh, and I talk about this in episode 34, so make sure you listen to this. So in episode 34, I talk about the players that are responsible for passing in your rotation. And those players are the two left sides and your libero, okay? Your two left sides are normally your best passers and your best hitters. Your libero is your best passer. So you, when you're in a three-person passing rotation, you have your two left sides and your libero. Now, let's say, for example, that you don't have a strong left side who is a passer and your right side is not bad at passing, or you're in a situation where a left side's not passing that well, well, guess what? You can have a right side pass backcourt as well. The right side can pass in every rotation except one, and that is the rotation when the setter is in position six and they're pushing the right side up, which means the right side cannot back up to pass. But they can pass in every other rotation that's needed. So five out of six rotations isn't bad. So you can have a situation where your right side passes. And I know many teams that have a situation where their right side passes, and that's great. If you if strategically you figure out that you can do that, then that's that's fantastic. I would definitely do that. And that's something tactically that you can play around with. So look at and one thing to think about too is a lot of players have certain uh, strengths like they love passing maybe they love passing out of five but they're really weak at passing out of one so if you know that you have players that are really really great at passing out of certain rotations then those are the ones you want to make sure you maximize and if you know that maybe you have a left side who's a weaker passer out of this rotation maybe you then have the right side pass and the left side can just focus on running that offense just attacking in that rotation so that's one thing that I think you might want to play with um, and you Utilize that, and that's the great thing about understanding how to manipulate rotations. Is if you understand that, then you could figure out how to move your rotation around to have your right side um, passing in certain rotation. All right, and the other one, I mean, this isn't really a rotation thing, but I threw it in here because we used to do this. I had a I had a middle years ago. You guys, you guys know I talk about Dana all the time. Dana, our middle, who went to UCLA, three time All American, fantastic player. He was our middle and we actually kept him in the back row because he ran such an amazing pipe ball. So if you have a middle who runs an amazing pipe ball, what you end up doing is you would have your, so what we had was um, we had our libero take out our left side and we had Daynon run that hitting lane and our right side just passed. So that that's an opportunity too. or if you're in middle can pass a little bit, that's even great Then have your middle pass and then you, they can run their lane. But sometimes if you can run, if you have a middle that can run a really great pipe consistently, that might be some, that might be a question to ask yourself. And again, you got to do the math and you got to figure out what's best for your team. But strategically, if that pipe is going to put you in a better position to score on those rotations, I would have that middle stay in and run that pipe. But you have to make sure you can pass before you do that because if you can't pass, then the pipe option is irrelevant. So play with that a little bit to see. Sometimes a middle staying in back row and running that pipe could be a good option because they have the ability to run a great pipe. It adds that element to your offense and you can you know, kind of manipulate your backcourt players to see who can pass in those rotations, okay? So let's just recap a little bit here. All right, so we talked about a lot of when it comes to setter, uh, sorry, not setter, but rotation efficiency. I talked about the order, of your rotation. So, you know, um, if you're, let's say you're, for example, your setter is in position two, your front court from the left side will be middle left side setter, and then back court will be opposite left side libero. All right. So remember the order I talked about really briefly, um, you know, understanding, you know, who's passing and who's not. So left sides are passing, libs are passing, uh, understanding what kind of efficiency we're talking about. So there's two things making sure that all of your attackers have the easiest path to run their hitting lane, as well as having your setter have the easiest path to get to two and a half to be able to be ready to set. We talked about three key rotations to make sure you're being efficient in those rotations. When the setter is in position six, when the setter is in position five, and when the setter is in position four. And the four, position four is called stacking. All right, and then we talked about the right side passing and the middle staying and running pipe. So this episode you might want to listen to again, just because I know it might be a little bit tough to visualize. And I'm, I'm I'm describing the rotations as they are on the court. A visual representation would be definitely much easier. But I hope that if you're in the car listening to this, it, it kind of made sense, and you can come back to it. And again, my uh, my Instagram handle will be in the show notes. It's Brian Singh underscore Coach B. So you can always click on that, and you can go to my Instagram, and you'll see the posts that I have in there, so that you can uh, take a look at the visuals where I I basically describe the same thing, but you'll get to see me, you know, dragging and dropping certain things on on the screen. Okay. So that's pretty much it. If you are listening to this episode, uh, again, like I said, May 2nd or 3rd, I still have spots left in those two efficiency workshops. Uh, It's gonna be fantastic, and I I guarantee you, you're gonna come away with some great ideas and some ways to make your practice and your teams and your player development much more efficient, and it should help you uh, in your growth as a coach. Uh, I, I have a lot of coaches who always say that, they always come out of it with, with some great uh, nuggets that they can take back to their team. And, and at the end of the day, that, that's what I'm trying to do. That's why I run these free workshops. So yeah, so take, uh, if you're on there, if you're there, that's fantastic. I'm looking forward to see you guys out. And that's it for me. I'll see you guys next week on my 100th episode of the Volleyball by Design podcast. Take care. All right, cue the music. Look.